We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Welcome back to the A Black Hands Podcast. This is Charles checking in with the rest of the crew. Crew, say what's up. Start with Chris. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. What's up? I'm doing good, man. Ray, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, man. And El Mecky, a.k.a. Brother Frederick Douglass, a.k.a. Back to the... Back to the present, to the future on them. <laughs> so how you doing, Sharif? Jeff, West Philly in the house. That's you know what's man? up, man. So real quick, uh, just before we jump into our topics and the shenanigans and having a good time, uh, there are some somber things that's happened in our country, and we want to take uh, some time out to acknowledge them. So there were two mass shootings uh, this weekend. One was in El Paso, Texas, and the other one was in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, I just want to make sure that we show some respect to those victims. Um, that's the census acts of gun violence. And I'll let the brothers go by and say any comments that they need to say. Sharif, let's start with you. Yeah, you know, as you said, one condolences to, you know, the communities, the families. Um, obviously, the victims are in our uh, thoughts and prayers. I think... Um, you know, this in most countries, this once again would be a you know call for action for gun reform, sensible gun reform. Um, but I, I I already heard some of the uh, policymakers already ramping up talking about the Second Amendment. You know, and it's interesting. You know, we live in a so-called Christian nation that will change the Bible's uh, you know statements and and um, but will hold fast to um, you know a document written hundreds of years ago by some old white dudes. They don't have a context of what we're living in now, but you know, plenty of people will say like once, once Sandy Hook happened, nothing else matters. Once it was okay to mow down white kids, then we know nobody else is is safe. Like this, this country does, they care more about this, uh, this constitution, this old constitution. That's not certain aspects of it is not relevant to what we're dealing with today. But that's more sacred than the lives of children and and human beings today. Um, so that couple with the rhetoric from forty five, like this is a uh, you know this is the uh, situation that we find ourselves in now. Oh, okay, Ray. Go to me. Go to me. Go to Chris first. Chris, I don't know why I even <laughs> produce shows no more. Uh, Mr. Stewart, what what are you, any things you want to say, man? I I, I think this one's a tough one. Um, of course, everybody wants a response. You know, this is a, it, when you have a tragedy this large, the first thing that people want to, to jump to is a fix, a remedy, an answer. And I don't know one. Um, I do believe in the second amendment. Um, uh, you know, with all the history of knowing who wrote it and all of that still withstanding, I still believe that at two o'clock in the morning, someone breaks in your house, you want to be able to have a final word on that situation. And the final word is a bullet, right? You're going to grab something, right? You're going to grab a knife, a bat, something. So I believe we have a mental illness problem in the United States. I believe in the 1970s, we dumped out a bunch of mental, uh, mentally ill people into the streets and took them out of care. And now the jails are full of them. Now they're not getting help in schools like they used to. There seems to be more of them. When I was young, it seemed like when you saw something like this on TV, it was an old guy. It was like a 40, 50, 60 year old disgruntled guy who had never been married and lived in his hole by himself and blah, blah. And you're starting to see younger and younger and younger people, right? Like using this as a, as a moment for themselves. I'm wondering a couple of things, just, just one, is this just the media making a lot out of these things or has it, have they always been these type of things, but they never got the type of attention Are children and young people starting to be so fame hungry that they're getting locked up in social media and, and media in general, that this becomes a way of them to make a name for themselves and to be seen and to be heard nationally when they're really in trouble and crying out for help. Our children are well, I don't know what you do about guns. 
I don't want anybody taking mine. Um, and I don't think that, you know, I don't think all these issues are, are easy to, to address together. We have mental illness as a problem. Our young people are sick. That's a problem. We have racism and we have a president who is stoking young people to read all the wrong things and, and do things like this. That's a problem. And then the gun, gun violence is a different issue. We could have a whole different podcast on it though. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say today, all I really care about is I know that there's somebody somewhere mourning mm -hmm. somebody that they really love who's no longer with them today. And that's not something that they're going to be able to shake off anytime soon. And I empathize with that because I know what that feeling is. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. <clears throat> that's a lot. Mental illness is one thing. Right. Domestic terrorism is something that's totally different. This shit was domestic terrorism. You got this little white boy that drove nine hours to shoot brown people. Had a manifesto that he that, that people are alleging that he may have written 30 minutes prior to going in that store. This he knew what he was doing. This is different from mental health. And then well, wait a second now. How? <laughs> I mean, like, he, because he wrote it? Because he wrote it down? He's not crazy? Bro, this was so. <laughs> I mean, shit, crazy people listen, can write. <laughs> that's true. But, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to. So, what I'm not going to do is, I'm not going to say this is, this all falls on his mental health. Like, no. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, that may be a part of it, but that ain't all of it. Right. So, like, that, like you were talking about, like, the different parameters in which people operate. And like the things that are happening in our country right now to motivate people to do this kind of stuff and whatnot. You got a president that's treating out that, that's tweeting out all of this, this, this nonsense and whatnot, uh, with all this division that's happening in, in our country, bro. Like this, this stuff is powerful, man. This shit is real. Like I'm I'm in the outlets today and whatnot, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, do I really need to be here? Because people are actually like targeting public places and whatnot, you know? And I'm like that made me leave, bro. I'm like, man, I'm a big black dude. I'm the first, I'm gonna be the first person that he that that he's shooting. Anybody that's racist that's that's shooting in in a in a spot like that. I'm like, man, nah, I can't even be here. But then, lastly, for me, De Blasio, right? He, he had made a statement about Eric Gardner, right? And like, and and Eric Gardner's death was senseless. This man gets choked out, mm -hmm. right? For selling fucking cigarettes. Yeah, like who cares? Like he's for selling cigarettes. cigarettes. He's selling cigarettes. He gets choked out for selling cigarettes. This little white boy gets walked out in cuffs after he killed 20 plus people and injured 26 people. That's crazy to me. If that does not scream racism in this country, I don't know what the hell else does. All right. So, yeah. I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. So, Cole. so uh, we're about to pivot off of this. Um, we were actually before we do. Can we? Can I just say one other thing? Because I, I, the one thing I was say about mental health uh, piece, I'm just, I'm also reluctant just to put it all on mental health. The mental health that I'm most concerned about are the victims and people, you know, black and brown people to continue to see that they're being targeted. Like that's that's one piece. Uh, the second piece, like white folks been killing black and brown people with impunity for generations. So that means we either say they were all, that was just a sickness, white supremacy is a type of sickness, but is it that type of sickness that we're just gonna you know, say is mental health? And then the second piece, when I talk about gun reform, I mean, I agree with, with uh, Stu, Stuart, like, nah, I, I'm not trying to, you know, um, you know, relinquish mine. Really, and, you got guns? And I think that this is, uh, this is, you know, there's some kind of reform uh, that can that can be done. You know, I think access for everybody is. Uh, well, yeah. All right. So I mean, see, my point. See, 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 yeah, see, this is like finding out you a Republican. Now we find yo, out Reef, we got some yo, gun owners on, got on the gun, podcast. Yo, Reef right? has guns. What? Yeah, I've had <laughs> guns my entire life, man. Like, exactly. You know, guns like, are a part of life for people that want to protect themselves and who believe that at any given moment there might be a need for that. It's not that you're going to go around. And I go hunting. So well, I'm a hunter. You hunt? That's crazy. Now, now you then turned into like you know 
Uh, I don't know. All right. Yo, Charles, yo, Charles, why are you, why are you trying uh, to pivot us? Yo, Charles, why are you trying to pivot us? I mean, the, this is what the people say they want, man. Actually, it's not. Actually, we just had a pre-production meeting where we said this segment was going to be less than five minutes. And then everybody agreed and did, did what the hell they wanted to do. So I'm going to like switch us over. But uh, but to bring it back down just to the summer note, um, I don't have a bunch of hot yeah. takes on it. Uh, and I left one place out, uh, Gilroy, which was actually, I was in San Jose when the Gilroy shooting happened, which is really close to San Jose um, mm-hmm. at the Garlic mm-hmm. Festival, El Paso in Dayton. Um, this is a tragic loss. And regardless of where folks are landing on this stuff or whatever the case is, um, thoughts are with these families um, and, and their mental health and where these folks are. And to not make a bigger debate issue, I don't know if it's mental health or not or whatever the case is. I just know that I've never heard a mental health conversation when it's, it dealt with br- black or brown people shooting up folks. That is so crazy, though. That is so crazy. Who cares if, they, if you've never heard it with it? That doesn't matter. Matter. It does matter. It, it matters. It matters a lot, bro. It matter, it matter, but you know what? You same not. people. Same people do not shoot fifteen people in a Walmart. Same people do not like sit up at night thinking about. I'm Have you ever gone tomorrow? So, so that's, but that's I'm the whole thing. down to the like. Like you are not sane. You were not well adjusted to do that. Do you say that about well, people? Do you say that about so that oh, wait, wait, wait. None of them were sane. Then we look at we go to Alabama. We look at all of the uh, the lynchings. That means every time they lynch, they we, they could opt out and say, "Hey, I was mentally insane." Like it's nah, not that they could, it's not that they could opt out, but a well adjusted person does not hang somebody from a tree. The, and I've seen the pictures where they're all smiling. There's a hanging yeah, body yeah. from the tree, and they're all smiling and they're all oh, standing there. Supremacy is a sickness, right? Exactly. But like, the, exactly. Is, but is at the point where, and I shouldn't say. Is at the point now, white supremacy is a sickness, but it is a lethal sickness for black for for a very specific group of people. <laughs> you know, it ain't, all, all, it ain't. All I'm saying is, like, regardless, regardless if he was mentally sane or not, and none of this matters to the people who was the victims of whatever it was that happened, right? So again, I'm not in a space where I was like trying to have debate about I hear you I, I hear all y'all right I think we could kind of go there um, I mean we could have just you know <laughs> did the show on this uh, you just want to move on to the next thing no, move no, on Charles no, you know what move we don't know because this is a beauty this is the beauty in podcasts yeah. and, and the people right. that rock with us right. you know what I'm saying right. they, they they deserve to get some so we, if we didn't just have a talk <laughs> about <laughs> cutting up time I was fine I said what do y'all want to talk about we can why are you going to be all show? Eurocentric about the podcast oh and my time God. is Stuff. So why you gotta be all Eurocentric about oh, schedules? Oh, why, why you gotta stick to the plan you made? My right? goodness, Charles. Right? Oh my goodness. So anyway, so yes, cr- cr- y'all will be re- no moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. So moving on. Um, yes. So anyway, mm-hmm. I do want to put a, a serious button on that. Um, but to move on, so there's been some other developments. Right now, we are in presidential candidate season. We are in primary season. We are in a season where people are trying to get elected. And there are some things that just get to be uh, the sacrificial lamb uh, to these primary uh, guys, so to speak, right, for lack of a better term. So I'm going to throw it to Chris uh, because there is an interesting story that came out from somebody who was friendly to uh, education reform that may be singing a different tune. Chris, you want to introduce this introduce this before I throw it to this video yeah and it'll be good for people just to hear the video for themselves it's about Cory Booker uh, today he is in the Huff Post with an article the title is Cory Booker says he'll prioritize public schools despite past support for charters which I tweeted about today I think it's the dumbest headline and it's the dumbest first paragraph it just restates that over again uh, of course charter schools are public schools everybody knows that so um, he is pandering this is him talking at a um, at an event for unionists and union teachers and he is uh, expressing a change of heart uh, I think it's something that different than what he would have said two years ago three years ago about charter schools specifically but I think we should pe- let people hear it all right I'm gonna throw to the video So uh, as mayor of New York, you supported charter schools, and now we have teachers in states like West Virginia fighting charter school expansions because they're afraid that they will take money or resources away from underfunded public schools. So what would you say to a public school teacher who might be leery of voting for you because of some of what you stood for in Newark? Well, first of all, as a guy who got endorsed by my state's largest teachers union twice, uh, folks understand that we in this nation are seeing an assault on public education that is outrageous and unacceptable. I flew out of Detroit last night in Michigan 
Republicans have written these charter schools laws in a way that I would oppose dramatically because they're designed in a way that has no accountability, allow charters not to operate on the same level as district schools, but really are an assault on public education as we know it. So you see a role maybe for uh, charter schools, but they have to operate on a level playing field? Look, I do not see a role as I coming out of of, of Michigan where you have these Republican schemes to to privatize education, to uh, uh, kill the public schools. Charters right now are only 3% of our nation's schools. The next president, and I plan on being that person, must focus on empowering public education through very common sense things, raising teacher salary, fully funding special education in America, because that's one of the ways that low-income areas do. So uh, my focus and my priorities will be public education, stopping the Republican scheme to attack education, elevating the teaching profession, and dealing with the why the Department of Education on the federal level was created. Issues of equity, whether it's stopping the school to prison pipeline, whether it's helping to LGBTQ kids who right now 30% report missing school because of fear. We have a lot to do to make our public schools work for every one of our children, and that's my focus as President of the United States. So that was... um that was Cory Booker, and uh, I heard during the video <laughs> that we were trying to listen to that y'all had some live reactions. So um, let's get the reactions of the folks from the A Black Hands. Uh, who would like to start? Chris, would you like to start, brother, since um, <laughs> I, I, I feel like you and Ray had the, the most uh, audible reactions in the midst of the videos that y'all have seen already. So it must have really bothered you. So um, and I'm not paying attention to what Ray is doing right now. So, Chris, <laughs> Chris I mean, man, listen, I, I don't have a ton to say, but I want to hear what y'all have to say. Okay. about. It. I might have more. But let All me right. just start by saying this. This is the quintessential um, pivot that people make when they want to run for president and they know that they have to like back off of something and adopt something new. And I hate it. I hate just the look of it because it looks slimy. It looks politician like it's pandering to the nth degree. It, it, it's 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 lack of character and integrity to just stand up and say the real thing. Now, now what Cory Booker and every other candidate should be talking about is the crazy underperformance of uh, black children and brown children and many white children in traditional public schools. Anybody wants to be the leader of the free world has to be able to lead and tell the truth, like lead with the truth, right? He is sitting in this little den of unionists saying everything they want, he want, they, they, they want him to say, you know, I'll, I'll give you more money for your teachers, you know, we'll fully fund special education, you know, free money everywhere, you know, we'll just do that, like, you know, but let's not talk about the fact that minds are being diminished in classrooms with people who can't teach all across America. Let's not talk about that. But here's the worst part about it. The worst part about it is he's he's a bigger liar than everybody else is. When they're, when, when, they're, when they're like pandering because Cory Booker was good friends with Betsy DeVos for years, exactly. right? Exactly. Betsy DeVos brought him to Michigan like years ago to actually be a pitch man. I can send you to the article that shows it. A pitch man for the proposal that would have privatized education. It was for private school vouchers. So Dick and Betsy DeVos fly this Negro from Newark to Michigan to pitch this. And here he is on stage years later telling teachers unions that he's offended by what the Republicans have done (laughs) in Michigan. I'm offended. This is is the closest thing I've had to a Spartacus moment. (laughs) I knew knew Spartacus was coming. What the hell is wrong with this man? Spartacus. Somebody else. Talk about Spartacus, please. <laughs> Bro, I, yo, I am disillusioned by by uh, Senator Booker and his actions, man. But like, what I think what's most troublesome for me is the fact that these Democratic candidates, although I'm not a Democrat, they, it, it seems as if they will do <laughs> they will do anything that they can in order to make that debate stage in September. And so, if they have to kind of revert on things that they uh, that in previous life. Uh, life terms that they that they've had because as the as the mayor of Newark this guy was all over charter schools like him and Cammy like they championed charter schools like that was their thing right like Kip and Corey <laughs> it was Kip and Corey Kip New Jersey and Corey were like in they they were when you saw one you saw the other right like so I I really don't I don't understand it man like I wrote him an open letter like 
three months ago when he first started with the whole pandering uh, of um, charter schools, public schools. And like in my open letter to him, I'm just like, dude, just stay true to you when we thought that, you know, school choice, what was true to him or whatever. But nowadays, man, these folks will do anything to be elected. And we, as black folks, we need to take notice of the fact that, hey, at any given time, this person could switch their tune or whatever, right? So whatever's getting... And watch yes. what he's doing too. He's he's carving out a special space for him. He's not saying like all charter schools. Yeah. What he's trying to do is say like something that he could the take back ones. later. It's the bad ones. It's the it's, the, it's, it's the, the bad, bad ones. ones. It's, yeah. it's the one that the Republicans are making in the states where they're yeah, at. He's and leaving, it, he's leaving, he's leaving you know, the back door for himself to come back. Um, to come yeah, back. Yeah. I want to make himself. You know. I want to make one last point though. Right. So he's pandering to get the teachers' unions vote. Right. Teachers union is made up of 80 percent white women. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these white women are not going to vote for him. <laughs> That's that was my thing. Like, he ain't even going to win. Like, I don't even know why. We're talking about. <laughs> he's, he's not going to vote, gonna vote for, him. for him. Right. And he's so he's not going to win the nomination. That's number one. We said it here first. Like two, I, I will say this about him. He is the most consistent candidate out there. Nobody flip flops more than him. He is, <laughs> <laughs> he is a consistent. Where are you going with this? Yeah, that's where I'm going. He's the most consistent flip flopper. He's a. I call him Plastic Man. He's like just morphs into whoever's he, he's in front of. That's who he morphs into shapes. Into. I was with a bunch of black educators yesterday. Mm. You know, we out here plotting and planning for our people in these streets. He, he came up, you know, his name comes up. You know, he's right. You know, we're in Philly. He's right up in Jersey, North Jersey, and. Over and over and over again, we could just point to things that just shows that he's a spineless politician. He can't even lie consistently, you know, not that I'm promoting consistent lying, but he is just he's he's whack. I mean, and he's not going to win. So, I mean, he's, just, he's out there. He's trying to get these votes. The white women, as you said, right, they're not voting for you uh, at, Corey, all. at all. Like Maybe the New Jersey white folks voted no. for you. You're not getting you're not going to be the, the dude. Um, to even challenge 45. So, you know, you can pander all you want. At the end of the day, you and most of these candidates have no answer for public education in this country. You rarely talk about it. You have no uh, platform to really discuss it. You have no plan to put in place to really support the marginalized communities that public education has not helped and if anything has hindered and pushed them further to the margins. None of them really have a plan. And so, uh, his plan is just to, to pander and say, union, vote for me, vote for me, please. And doesn't I'm that make him look worse, though? When he, it when makes him look way worse. There, when he's sitting there pandering and you know for a fact that most of the people in the audience are laughing at him in their mind, like, you can say whatever you want to say. Go ahead, slick boat. Say whatever you want to say. But but I heard people cla clapping. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, listen. I mean, of course they clap. They're not going to vote for him. So, they so, clap because he's too rhetoric. So, so, yeah. so here's my take on it, right? I mean, listening to him, I mean... With somebody like Corey, man, I, I'm looking at it and it's just disappointing. And it's disappointing because why are you disappointed? He's just he's. I'm like, gonna tell you why I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed <laughs> because young people have just right in that moment become like a bargaining tool for me to get a few right. more votes oh. to make it to the next phase, right? Like it just shows over and over again that you are on your own, even when a champion. But that's consistency, though. Are, that's consistency even, from him. Even when you are a champion. Right. Because I will say Cory Booker has been a champion. He has That's been right. a champion of implementing this stuff. He stood in the political fire at that time. Like he stood by that stuff. Right. And now the interesting thing, this is the part that's the saddest. Right. The saddest part to me is his results are finally coming back. The investments that he made, like that actually take time to kind of show and kind of, you know, similar to Chicago, who took a whole bunch of Christ. crap a long time, right? Uh, for a long mm -hmm. time, now has the strongest gains in the nation. And New Jersey has some really, really strong gains thanks to all of the, the all of the uh, reform efforts that he put into place. So what it just tells me is that, listen, Black people that's listening, you are a bargaining chip. You are a token, right? And like you mm -hmm. get to switch hands from day to day to day. Now, the other thing that I'm not going to do, right? And I'm thinking about it is that these are politicians. These are people vying to be president, right? And unless you marry Ann Williams and you know you don't have a chance at getting it. Wait a second. She got a chance. You know what what she, bro, she, that, she definitely has a chance. So, bro. I, I already said that. So, she already has so, an A Black Hands endorsement. So She does. She, I mean, she, listen, I want her to run as much as possible for every party I don't want to win. I want her to run. When did she get the endorsement? I didn't hear about this but i'm gonna finish my point but i'm a, but but the point that i'm making is the, <laughs> the, 
<laughs> I don't watch the debates. I watch Noah's so, recap so, of them. So like, the, the, <laughs> well, that's better. That's better than the debates. Yeah, just, to be honest with you, yeah, yeah, it I, is. I, but make your point, Charles, because Charles, Charles Sorry, gonna have Charles. a moment here, and he's gonna get angry. Nah, I know. Good. Look at that face. He looks nah, like he needs some fiber. Go all, ahead, bro. All, all, all I'm saying fiber. is, is that fiber. What we, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. This 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 podcast has just jumped the shark, man. So. What I, but, but, but in all seriousness, what I'm saying is, is that everybody on that stage is trying to sell something, right? Everybody on that stage is trying to get to the next phase, right? So, like, you got folks like Kamala Harris, who is now talking about reform this, reform that, and, like, I love my people and hot sauce and bags and weed and all this stuff, right? And, like, you don't put more Negroes away than, than a whole bunch of white folks, right? And I just mm-hmm. think that, like, mm-hmm. people, people are just trying to get in where they fit in. So here's the only place of recourse that I got personally, right? The only place of recourse that I'm thinking of is... I'm hoping that he is doing what candidates tend to do and that's temper and kind of move to the center just until they get to where they need to get to. Right. And then kind of go back to where they are. It's not that it's, I'm not talking about okay. And what's not okay. I'm talking about what happens constantly, consistently understand Bill Clinton ran on a whole bunch of liberal stuff. Right. And passed some of the most conservative policies that we've ever seen. No, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. Let's not revise history. I'm I'm not revising history. He, he ran on a whole bunch of, he ran, uh, he ran centrist. He ran centrist, but to the right of cent- he, he ran to the right of centrist. He ran he ran citrus, right? But what I'm saying, so normally, yeah. normally if we look back, right, and like and we look at what actually happens when people become president, except for this one, like this has actually been true, except for Donald Trump, which is interesting, is that most of the policies of the other party happen when that uh, when when the opposite party gets elected. So when a Democrat gets elected, you actually pass a few much more Republican policies because they're trying to like do this across the aisle thing. You Where, are you the Where are you citing this from? Where you citing this from? Research. Go read a book, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm you're you're, you're saying it like you research. I'm telling you, Clinton. Let's talk about three strikes happen under who? Where did three strikes happen at? Republicans. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let me, I'm like asking, I, heard, I'm I just asking, heard your analysis. But, but your analysis because, wait, I'm so asking the Republican. I'm asking. Wait, 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 wait. Because I'm asking a Republican. No. I'm, is that, that's, is that that's, where you're starting your history from with I'm, Clinton? For this example, that's that's where I'm starting this example, okay. right? What okay. I'm saying okay. is, as of late, right? Like you can go on and Arsenio, and you can play the, the saxophone and do jazz and all that stuff, right? And then you take away welfare, and then you do three strikes. But what I'm saying is, and Ray, at, you are a Republican. You ain't even voting in this primary. So like, I'm trying to understand, right? When I when I so no, I'm, I'm a, and, and, but but I'm trying to figure out, right? Like now, <laughs> as, as we have in this conversation. Conversation, who is yeah. the candidate? I mean, because I'm going to be honest with you, and I've said this before, I'm probably going to vote for any of the people that make it, that becomes our nominee. And that's other people can act like they're not, and that's cool. And some of y'all are single single issue voters, and that's fine. Charles Cole is going to vote for who gets the nomination. Like, if Kamala gets the nomination, that's who I'm voting for. If Corey he gets it, not. that's who I'm voting for, right? He will so, not. I mean, you don't know who going to get it. Who gonna get it? I I got a pretty good sense. Well, wait wait a second, wait it's a second. I just want to stick with your analysis for a minute mm-hmm. though, because I think this is important. Because this is an education podcast, right. so people listening to this should be educated and, right. and hear education. What you said, your analysis, mm-hmm. I think, holds up in some places that people play to their base mm-hmm. uh, in the primaries and then come back to the middle mm-hmm. when they have to run in, in right. the main. Right. Right. But I think here's here's a part of your your analysis that falls down for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Jimmy Carter was the last Democrat to run to the left of center, Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly, religiously to the left. We're going to do for the people. We're going to do for poverty, people in poverty, blah, blah, blah. Right. Bill Clinton didn't run on a leftist agenda. Bill Clinton ran on welfare reform. He did run on welfare reform. He ran on, we're going to put a hundred thousand new police officers in the street. He ran on the super predator bullshit, right? He did. And he was considered, he was considered the anti Jimmy Carter. He was the new Democrat and the new Democrat was to the right. And we have never leftwardly corrected since then policy since the nineties has gone right constantly. It has never really gotten back to There is no, I mean, you did Bill Clinton mm-hmm. and, then you, and then you did what you did George Bush. Mm-hmm. Right. And then after George Bush, you did Barack Obama was even to the right of where people in the party wanted him to be right. far to the right. Of, he did all the, the, the right wing, you know, education policy and, you know, mm-hmm. economic policy, all that. And he put a good, good democratic, you know, voice to it. 
But it has never really honestly gone all the way back the other direction, which is why you probably have a Bernie Sanders this time around, which is kind of like the return to the left left for mm. the party, like the super left of the party. And that's who's polling the best right now. Booker, uh, Kamala, the, the others who have a more what people call neoliberal like spine to them mm-hmm. are actually polling very poorly right now. It's the first time I think I've seen since uh, Jimmy Carter that people are really going for a, a hot foot towards the left, like a super hot foot towards the left. Bernie is leading. You know, no. Bernie, Biden is leading, you know, uh, Bernie. Biden, Biden is leading, bro. Elizabeth. Where, I mean, where's Warren? Where's Warren in all this? She, three. She's like three, I think, number three. So you got like super socialists for the first time, though. But, but Democrats have been running from that for years. They have not been running to the middle. Actually, they have not been campaigning on on, you know, the, as much of the center as, well, as they I, should. What, I, what what normally happens in primaries, right? Primaries is play to base, play to base. Right. And right now, base what's really like our base has shifted. Right. So like base has shifted in the social media realm. Right. So everything is like super, super, super left. Right. And that's only been exacerbated with with uh, Donald Trump, who actually mm-hmm. ran mm-hmm. super right and is mm-hmm. actually governing super right. Right. So this mm-hmm. is a I think mm-hmm. there's a large reaction to that of Donald Trump, right? Even the reaction that I had is like my envy of Trump fans is that, damn, I used to I used to shoot Barack Obama all this bail about he had to be the president of everybody and I'm seeing somebody be the president of their people. And so I think that people are having that reaction, right? I think people are like, why not Bernie, right? Why not Elizabeth, right? And so I don't know how that's going to look in practice. Um, Joe Biden's your nominee, bro. You said what? We'll Joe see. Biden's I mean, it's still a long. Listen, we still got a long way to go, man. I'm Joe not. I'm, I'm not for calling candidates super early or whatever. I mean, because anytime you heard that it happens, here first, bro, you are a Republican. Like you got a lot of things to say about a party that you well, are wait, not part of. Wait, we've heard two predictions though. We got two predictions on the table. So Sharif said, Sharif, what did you say? What I just said Corey's not the one. Okay, so, so Sharif says Corey's not the one, and. Uh, and, and Republican says Biden's the, the candidate's too. I, I haven't made any predictions, so those I haven't are two either. predictions right now. I haven't so, either. Okay. I so haven't you and either. me are you and me are like ready to watch this thing unfold. Yeah, and, right. and, and, but I'm also somebody like I haven't really been watching. But be, it's for this reason, right? That I haven't really been putting a lot of stock into these primary debates, right? Because I don't think anybody's like. I think people this is the this is the part where you tell people what they want to hear. Who 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 can rally up enough support, right? No, like, I think like, so, like, man. Warren and Bernie have been saying the same message. They mean that shit. They mean that shit. What they're saying. (laughs) It's it's, it's slick, slippery. I just want to be the Barack part two. Yeah. Folks that are running Mm -hmm. that are only polling at one or two or three percent that are kind of like, what do you need me to be to make you sleep with me? Yes. That's not not what Bernie is doing. Bernie is saying the same thing since he had black hair. No, I, right? listen, I'm not, I'm like, not saying that. saying that same thing for like 40 years. But I'm not, I'm not what I'm, but also what I'm saying is I think a lot of people go into they, the presidency like with a list of things that they want to do. And you know what the interesting thing that all those people have in common is? None of us have been president before. So when you get into the presidency and you see that you can't just be a dictator and say we doing this, 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 and this, right? Like, like you get a rude awakening in that first term. So I do think that I, I, while I do believe that Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are being true to who they say they are and what they're trying to do, uh, one of which is also not a Democrat, right? Like, I think that they are going to be met with a serious resistance uh, if either one of them did become, like, the president. But I also want to just be very clear. It is not, like, I think it's going to be a really tough time beating Donald Trump. I think that, like, he is kind of locked in. I think his base is actually growing, contrary to popular belief. And I think it's going to be really, really interesting, right? Like, what ends up happening. You're wilding. Look, I I mean, I I agree with Cole. I mean, I think y'all should brace yourselves for uh, a repeat term. I had to that's, bu- that's bullshit. That's never gonna happen. I'm gonna tell you why. why? You have you have you have black folks that are the base is excited, bro. They, and the they last black folks that go vote for Trump. Black folks. No, no. Well, you yes. got two, two or three black I, folks. That no, not not two or three. He I got think, more. He got more than Mitch have, Romney got. I think he's so. gonna, and I think he's gonna have more so. black people voting for him this time than he did last time. That's I really right. do. I that's really right. do. That's right. I, what are you paying attention to? So this this is what I'm paying attention to. I'm paying attention to Politico that has Biden at 32 percent. I think Poli- I'm paying attention to Harvard wrong? Harris. Harvard Harris that has Biden at 34 percent plus 17 That's over his next competitor. Bro, how far out are we? The, economic, the, the economist that has Biden at 26 percent. Biden economist. is after. 
Yeah, that's a poll. The economist, Emerson, right? okay. Emerson okay. poll is he's polling he at 33 uh, 33%. Bro, so here here's the thing, right? <laughs> Biden doesn't get enough credit. What are you talking about? Well, how does he not get enough credit? How does the vice president of the United States of America not get enough credit? Eight years. How, how does he not get enough yeah. credit? Vice president for eight years. And, and, and what more also, credit should he get? What, right. And he was, also, he don't get enough. Credit. He said, no, no, no. But no, again, because no. I didn't, fi- I didn't finish. Oh my god, he get enough credit for <laughs> assaulting the country because he is the author of the 1994 crime bill that put damn near everybody, mama and daddy, in prison. Let's talk about it. But I think he gives a good massage. But all, 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 the only and, and I want to bring Sheree back into this conversation, but the only thing that I want to say to everything that Ray just said is all those places that you just that you just named, who would they say was gonna win the presidency? Who would they have leading in the polls there by double digits at times? They, no, they, no, no, no. they all they say Hillary Clinton. Biden versus they Biden all, versus Trump. You're not, you're you're not, you're not, you're not you're not hearing me. All those no, people I'm not, had I'm not. Hillary Clinton up in polls. Double digits. She was supposed to she win by won. a landslide. She should have won. I'm, I'm, uh, the point that I'm making, Raymond, Rich, Raymond the Republican, is that <laughs> if we would have listened, those we if we listen to polls the same way you're looking at these polls right now, a uh, more than a year out from a race, like that's asinine for one. Two, Bro, it's not asinine. And, and number two, if you know anything about politics, then you know that if black folks would have came out to vote in Ohio, black, if black oh folks would have came so out to vote in Pennsylvania, so now, if black so the folks would have came out to vote in Michigan, they, they, so the Republican won the damn election. They, they came did. out in all those places. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. But Charles, Charles, getting back to your point, because this right. is an education podcast. Right. When you said that all of these people are treating our kids and the lives of our kids yes. like pawns. I believe like it. tokens. You could just trade it away and you still could be elected. I think that oh, that yeah. is the same thing that can happen for a president, for a mayor, for a mm-hmm. city council member. You can literally run and ignore this as an issue until you need it. Absolutely. Like until you need it. Right. Easiest group to sell out Absolutely. down the river. Easiest group. Sell us down the river. And and you're honestly, not held accountable for doing it. That's the point. Like, what do we do about that part? Like, like, because we are expendable politically. We're the most dependable. Right. In in numbers. Right. Like, you know, this, you know, I I don't I don't hate Ray for like trying something different, like being the like, you know, Kurt Cobain of voting, because like, listen, (laughs) you know, sometimes you got to be alternative. Like, I just do not understand getting 90 something percent of the vote and being the first ones you can sell out on everything. And, And Charles, you said single issue voter. Mm-hmm. What, like, I get it, but the idea that the brains of black children not mm-hmm. developing and them not being on task, like on on track to enjoy the world like everybody else does, doesn't feel like a single issue. I mean, I, listen, and that was very poetic in how you put it. I mean, but at the same time, I need Donald Trump to be up out here. Listen, man, I believe what I've always said on this podcast from day one is that we are on our own, regardless of who is in that seat. Regardless yeah. of who is in that seat. And I would much rather not have somebody who is erratic, who has the nuclear codes, who is having Twitter beasts with other nations that also have nuclear codes themselves. I would much rather that person not be the head of state um, when we could have somebody where I have a little bit more alignment and what it is that I believe. I think that you could get somebody that's super reformy. I think you can get a whole bunch of people in there. And I don't think that it's going to have much of a difference for your black kid in the middle of Detroit. I think do you, that like, do you think the economy will be the same if Bernie Sanders wins? Do you think no. the economy for black people would be no. the same? I I don't yeah. I don't think there will be mm-hmm. any economy under Bernie Sanders. <laughs> uh, but you just said earlier you'll I vote don't. for anybody who gets that D on him. Yeah, I would. I, I would I, because he's still better than Donald Trump. But you, uh, now I'm confused. Now, now you just said you don't think the economy gonna work out under Crazy Man. Like, I like think, you, I think uh, I, the economy I, won't work. But he'll be better. Let me. I mean, let me be honest with you. I don't really think that Bernie Sanders is gonna win. Um, but I also like, like I said, man, I'm very staunch in like on how I feel about like this election in the sense of I'm kind of a anybody with Trump for the most part type of person, unless a crazy wild horse just kind of gets in and shakes up stuff, right? But I don't know if we got any. 
dope Ross Perot is kind of b- bouncing out of nowhere right now. So R.I.P. Ross so, Perot. So, so I mean, I think so. Mm-hmm. I I think what Trump has done to this country, and I think what he is doing to this country. I mean, we just in that segment that was supposed to be just a three minute quick tribute, right? Like we just attributed like these three mass shootings to the influence of Donald Trump. I heard it somewhere in the ten minute soliloquy that this that this podcast just gave, right? So like I think as long as that stuff kind of happens, man, I don't I. I'd rather take my chances with one of these Democrats, right? I'd rather take my chances with these folks. Um, But uh, to anybody that's listening, man, regardless of who gets in there, right? Even the people that are your friends today, we see that they can be your enemies tomorrow. You, it is, the impetus is on you to protect you and yours. And sadly and strangely, that actually fits into that whole thing. We was talking about guns earlier. That's why Sharif ain't giving up his guns, right? That's why you said you're not giving up your guns. And we know Ray, the Republican, ain't giving up no guns, right? You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, because at the end, I'm I'm actually on on Long Island. That's different from being in New York City. And you come down here, I'm about to So, so, so. So, but the re, but the reason, the the reason, but I want I want people outside listening to this, right? The reason that these three black men are saying that, right, is because they know deep down, right? They they want a great police, they they want great police, they want great schools, they want to make sure that we are a civil society. But at the end of the day, those three folks are fathers. They have they have people that they have to take care of and ain't none of these three people none of these three smart educated people that teach kids every day giving up their guns so i think that you need to have a similar mentality for your kids education right regardless of who gets it what is the gun in your house the equivalent of education for right so like how are you going to maintain and ensure that your child is getting exactly what they need regardless of who sits in that seat it ain't going to be is, Corey. Is, you're confusing it be, me it ain't going to be confusing Donald. me though you're confusing me though i'm telling you why i'm not this a single, is how this is I'm how telling you this why is how. i'm not a single issue voter. I'm not a single issue voter. No, 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 no. That's, that's fine. Like you can Mm -hmm. be like, you know, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a million issue voter, whatever. Okay. I get it. Mm -hmm. But what you just said about protecting your house, right. Like, and protecting your family or whatnot, there's some places that you're going to want the final word on. Right. Mm -hmm. You've got to feel the people who are running, who are as threatening to that to my household and my family and the future of my children and all other children. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're a parent or not. If you, if you wake up every day pretending to care about children and pretending to care about education and the brains of the people coming up behind us and these kids like living in places like Detroit and even Oakland where you're at and, and New Orleans and all kinds of places where now where you know for a fact that 10 years from now does not look real good for them. Right. And that policy makes a difference, right? You have to be able to like say, if I'm being fair and I I look at the policies that are being pushed by people, the leading candidates of this one party right now are spelling doom for children across the country, many children, except for white uh, children of two parent college people. Uh, Everybody else is not, it's not looking so good for everybody else, right? That could be a that could be called a single issue if you want it to be or whatnot. But it feels like saying like you know like well I'm not just for oxygen I'm also for water, mm. right? They're all like kind of vital to your life in a way. I hear and you. and and the policy of all the leading people in 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 the Democratic Party right now have basically just all trampled education under the feet as if it's just really just an issue. It's just another issue out of many. I believe in climate control. Right. I want the climate to be better, says says the candidate who's running from Washington state where they have a crazy racial gap in everything, not just in student achievement, in everything. Right. Mm -hmm. But he's Mm -hmm. he's worried about the climate. Right. Well, I get it. I'm about the climate, too. Mm -hmm. I I don't like the earth getting hot. Yeah, because it's some cool shit to say, though. I mean, it's some cool shit to say right now. You know, I love the climate. Climate's good. You know, mm-hmm. like shit. I, you know, I get a little tan in the summer, but I don't want to get too tan, right? You know, like you know, so I like the you know, climate's cool, bro. You know, I get it. And what was was what, what are some of the other ones? You know, what's their main thing? Since, since education isn't gonna be their main thing, mm-hmm. like what is their main thing? Their other stuff, their other issues. So I mean, I, so I do, I do think about. Um, I definitely think about the economy. I definitely think about like the morale of the country. I definitely think about the way that we're looked at on a on a global stage. Age. Like those things all matter to me. Um, I do want to make sure that a crazy person is not like holding like new codes. I think that's something that really matters to me. I think all these things matter. But I mean, but just to your point though, bro, like 
if you want to do the equation of like what gun violence has done to our community and ravaged the world and all these mass shootings right now, bro, you've been having educational drive by since 1950 something, bro. Every single year for a while. Regardless, it didn't matter who the president was. It didn't matter about none of that stuff, bro. You joined, you Chris Stewart, you joined a school board to make a difference, bro. And then what happened as soon as you got on that school board, right? You saw it and you lost even more faith. So what I'm saying is, right? Like, and I, I think that you- blowing it up too. Absolutely, right? So we have had, we have had academic Hiroshima for a long, long time. At least and in so, our community. Say that, so, say that last word again. I said we've yeah, had academic Hiroshima for a long time, right? Mm, so like, mm. so when, so, so, <laughs> I, my, hey, you cut I, that fan I back think on? about, I think about what Sharif says and I think about freedom schools and I think about the, the, the way in which him and his religion are like taking care and saying, look, I'm not trusting these other people to be at the full helm of my kids' education. Now we can do a show about the difference between schooling and education. I think that we can have a different conversation about schooling policies, but education, th- th- it, it don't matter which one of those people get in that seat. It don't matter if Kamala gets in there. It don't matter. Like to me, that part on that on that stage, that, that piece doesn't matter. But I, I promise to bring you Go ahead, Sharif. I want to throw it back to you. It doesn't matter because none of them go through educational educational deserts right. that our families that we're in proximity. They when Brian Anderson talks about you have to be in proximity to the people that you claim you're trying to help and serve. Mm-hmm. None of those people are in proximity to them. No. And and so the kids are going to go to private schools. Exactly. That's like what I'm saying. The people who are who are telling black families, you know, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. They all make sure that they are carefully manipulating the the uh, the pathway for their children. Mm-hmm. But they don't care about the other people's children. At the end of the day, they don't care. Right. Right? That's that's what it is. And so when you say black families, Latino families, other poor families, you are on your own is absolutely right. And if you if you're relying on uh, these people who Malcolm said, like, hey, you know what? Uh, you got the whether it's the wolf or the, the fox, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter which one of them care about your baby lamb. Damn. Right. Which Damn. one? Right. right. And yeah. so he talks about even this 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 uh, this movement we're, we're talking about, like educational movement and, and things like this for educational justice. It they don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we as 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 parents, as community members, it is up to us to make sure that we are doing everything. Um, and a lot of this stuff is going to end up locally. Right. Like you're going to have to fight locally. Don't get Absolutely. so mesmerized with what goes on down you know with all these debates and 30 people all this all this nonsense because none of them are talking about like i I just i'm just curious what's the last president where you know black families actually had a come up poor black families actually had a consistent come up that that trajectory stayed that way Hmm. second bush stop it what it would probably be carter to be very honest with you and if you would ask what interrupted what happened, you know, like Carter was considered a disaster by many, many means. But if you look at the trajectory of black people and black families during a period of time, you know, Nicole Hannah Jones would tell you that was the golden age of like our come up during that period of time. Right. That he was in office, with a bunch of social programs, mm-hmm. lots of things that didn't exist before, but upward bound and like <laughs> reading is fundamental and all kinds of stuff came out of that I period. Mean, prison of, incarceration under- rates, like look at, I mean, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, but then after yeah. him, Absolutely. With Reagan, Reagan, and then hand, Reagan handed it off to Clinton, and Clinton handed it off to Bush, right. or whatnot. A lot of that Carter stuff got reversed. I mean, Ra- Reagan. I mean, Reagan kind of set the look. Look at look at Reagan. Like we we talk about number forty five a lot. Ronald Reagan was saying the same thing, just different in different ways, right? He was saying the same thing. Where did he launch? Where did Ronald Reagan launch his presidency? In Philadelphia, Mississippi. If that ain't telling you exactly where he stands, I don't know what, like, who else would go to Philadelphia, Mississippi and say, I'm going to be your next president. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that. Like to me, that set the tone for the country a long time. Just in case you were confused. Right. He said, this is where I'm launching my president. You know what it really is? And, and, and you know, I started out as a poli sci major, man, and, and, and just having to study this stuff, man. And it was just it it was a reason why I kind of let it alone. Like for some reason we think that 
people we think that the world cares about black people you you think that people and voters care about 13 percent of the populace like you 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 know what i'm saying where most po- folks is afraid of you i watched widows last night it's a great movie right away right but like you got to understand like when these people not around us we are black folks are not in all these spaces right just because we rule media we rule social media we rule fashion we rule like like culture in that type of way but when it really comes down to it we not in a lot of in a lot of places that's why liam Neeson got comfortable during a widow's run talking about he was looking for the first like black dude that he could go beat up on because somebody harassed his friend right like you got to understand and watch what these people say and do and we people have people have no problem like pitching the demise of black or brown people to make sure that behind closed doors people go and vote what they need to go vote with right so that's why donald trump doesn't feel any type of way about stoking those fears because if i play to your fears right i'll get you out to come vote for me like i will do that and we saw it happen and we saw people lie in poster space like never before that's how afraid they were when you really want to break down stuff and you want to talk about like why we're trying why they're trying to get rid of Planned Parenthood and all that stuff, right? The real reason, man, I really believe this is like white folks know that they're about to be not the majority anymore. And they don't. And they said, "Listen, white girl, it, I don't think the Planned Parenthood. I don't think that the 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 impetus to stop abortions is for people of color. I think it's for white girls. I think that they do not want white people to be aborting babies because it's a numbers game, man. There are people that's playing a long game and thinking about this five, ten steps ahead. And we having arguments about what the hell got said at this damn primary that ain't gonna matter in thirty years from now. Like I, I don't, don't care. Re- about I don't people. think research supports what you just said. I think you're just talking out your ass. You, right so, now. so, so, what, what? So you don't. <laughs> so you don't think so you don't so you don't think yeah which point because you don't think that that white people will not be not the majority soon no i know that that will definitely happen that's uh okay all right so you don't you don't find it any type of peculiar how hard they're going at roe versus Wade right now now that that's starting to heat up and becoming more of 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 a fact it is i mean this is your party you the party lincoln right like so so speaking of speaking of which i just wanted to because we we were talking about we were talking about uh and i said bush too and y'all looked at me like, what the hell did Bush 2 do for black people? So nothing. I just want to let you know that uh, Bush did sign uh, the extension of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. He did that. And I want you to know that this guy, if he had the opportunity to extend the Voting Rights Act 45, he would never sign that shit. I'm going to say something right now that's going to make y'all like hate me. So you can hate me now, right? <laughs> uh, Bush did more for black people than Obama did. I'm just telling you right now, he wasn't like your traditional Republican in a lot of ways. I mean, that dude tripled aid to Africa. Like what Republican does that? But what did Obama do when he came Africa. in? Obama got a family member in Africa. What did he do for Africa? He cut aid for Africa. He deported more people than Bush did actually. Right. So, 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 and, and, and you know, he, he did a little bit on education. I'm going to give him his due. I voted for him twice. I'm, you know, I'm not like talking to somebody who just like, like Ray, like who doesn't like, like people who wear a D. Like, you know, if you wear a D, I can, I I can, roll, I can roll with that. you every now and then. I can roll with I you. I never said that. But let me get this back to education because, like, I, I, I feel, right. I, I feel y'all all on the politics. education podcast is when a whole uh, other... No, 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 no. But I feel y'all on the, all of the politics and I think, actually, like, this could be a poli-sci a poli podcast in some ways because it's hard to unlink education from politics, right? Like, they, uh-huh. it, education is politics in some ways. Right. But, but listen to this, like... A nation at risk. This line always sticks out to me, so I had to look it up just so I could like say it to y'all again. Um, in in a nation at risk, the report from years ago about education and how it was becoming mediocre and how it was like right. you know hurting people and it was hurting the nation and blah blah all that. There's this line in there that says. Uh, if an unfriendly foreign power had attempted to impose on America the mediocre educational performance that exists today, mm-hmm. we might well have viewed it as an act of war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, so think about if that's true. Yeah. If that's true, we've been in a constant sense, uh, state of war, educational war. Since the 60s, because this was written a long ass time ago, since the 80s, at least. But but the groundwork for Nation at Risk was like decades ago yep. and, and that they said this. And it's worse now than it was then in terms of like the, the decay and the, the, you know, the infrastructure and all of that stuff. So it is More not money, though. 
with more money, but but we're still in a state of what feels like it should be called a war, like a war on the black mind. It's a war on the black mind. So some of us feel this is a policy issue and some of us feel like this is a war on the black mind. So when you have presidential candidates who say, I want to be your next leader, but I don't give a shit about the fact that the American public education system is diminishing the brains of your best and brightest for the next generation. As a matter of fact, I can get elected without y'all. I could get elected by sitting on this stage like Cory Booker and disavowing academic achievement as even an issue. All I need to do is pay y'all a little bit more, put a little bit more on your pension, put a little bit more on your house note so mm-hmm. that you can drive into cities and teach these Negroes and then drive your paycheck back out to the suburbs where you live and let everybody just diminish in the cities, mm-hmm. right? That's what we're being told by presidential candidates. Basically. And you could be right wing as hell and tell me something different than that. And I'm <laughs> I'm going to have a hard time like uh, uh, walking away from you. I don't care how right wing you can be right now. I'm used to Donald Trump right now. I don't like him. I don't want him in office. I think he's a brute. I, I think he's bad for the office. I think he is. He's actually diminishing that office for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. God knows how long he's lowering the bar for what it means to be a states person. And that's going to hurt us. That's going to come back and bite us in the future. But to be very honest with you, I'm used to him now, right? The economy's still kind of good. We got the lowest unemployment we have ever had in a long ass time. Um, if we don't have any, if we don't have any reasonable education policy, and that's a contest, he's going to win that. Even though I think he's too incompetent to get it passed, I still don't think he's going to be Bernie Sanders talking about we need to put all of y'all back into the very institution that has been damaging you for years and make sure you have no pathways to get out of it. Mm -hmm. That's what we're being sold by the leading Democrat presidential candidates. He's not the leading. The promise. Well, I mean, you know, (laughs) okay. He's not the leading. So the top three, I think there's some mixture. Same views. Same views. Close. Like, you know, Biden might do a little something on on choice. Who knows? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's been with Obama. He was with Obama long enough to maybe still be for some weight race to the top type stuff. But I'm just saying, like, like there's a way to look at this like it's an issue and there's a way to look at it like it's a war. Mm -hmm. And the difference between those two things is vast. That's what's up. And I think that's a good way to roll us into our final thoughts. Sharif, let's start with you because we at the hour mark. Yeah, well, I would say the one thing, you know, that menticide, that, that war on um, the black mind, you know, I think that's how I've always, you know, operated as an educator that, you know, there was a war on, on the black mind. You know, psychologist uh, Bobby Wright, I think, talked about the menticide, um, you know, and he basically described it the same way. Uh, you know, so when you say families are on their own, uh, that's real. It, it has been a war um, ever since, ever since, you know, black children in the South, you know, um, big reason why public education exists because black kids in the South after uh, emancipation, uh, they started read, learning how to read. White planters kids weren't learning how to read. They're like, oh, we don't need that. We're just going to, you know, take care of this land, own this land. So they saw black kids learning how to read. Right. And then there was this push. Oh, we need school. We got to get the niggers learning how to read. That kind of thing. <laughs> we need to do that. Did right? you just so, say nigger? I said niggers. You know, I, you oh, know, okay. But, All right. I was about to say, this, is a, this is a first for you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, you know what I mean? Like, so that ever since then, there's been this menticide to make sure that, hey, you know what? That literacy, that, you know, that uh, issue will never happen again. And we just see it over and over again. But uh, my, my final thought is just something that we always have to just keep in mind, even though we talked a lot about politics, right? So this quote. Uh, the white conservatives aren't friends of the Negro either, but at least they don't try to hide it. They're like wolves. They show their teeth in a snarl that keeps the Negro always aware where he stands with them. But the white liberals are foxes. They also show their teeth to the Negro, but they pretend that they are smiling. That's Corey. The white liberals are more dangerous, and some of the Negroes, too, are more dangerous than the conservatives. They lure the Negro. And as the Negro runs from the growling wolf, he flees into the open jaws of the smiling fox. One is a wolf, the other is a fox, and no matter what, they'll both eat your ass. So, families, you are on your own. Protect your lambs from both the wolf and the fox, because they do not care if they're educated or not. You have generations of policies, practices, to prove it, that that sad. deserves applause right there. I just, I, where's the board? Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. 
Well, Chris, you get to follow him. So go right ahead, brother. I just I felt like I got on my soapbox already. I felt like I I feel bad about it. I feel like I got on my soapbox already. So my final word on all of this is our children are well, because we talked at the beginning of this about people buying guns and shooting people up. And I think that's going to happen more. It's already been happening in our own community. Right. Mm -hmm. Our kids are not well and we can't keep sidestepping that there. There is a problem. Um, their, Their minds are not being attended to. That's another problem. And, and I think what I said on my soapbox is, is, is what I'm going into the presidential season with, which is which one of these people is talking about liberating the learning of the black mind, the brown mind, the, the, the poor mind, the, the, the marginalized, the people who usually get left out of the, the best parts of America, the best parts of everything. Who's got that platform? And I'm going to roll with that. I don't care whether you're wearing a D, an R, an I, whatever letter you got wearing on your chest. Call me single issue as, if you want. I'm single, single issue as hell. I'm for the black mind and the brown mind and whatnot. I'm for oppression ending. I'm for people learning a way out of their, their oppression. And uh, I think what Corey did hurts us twice as much because he used to be for the cause. If he had never been for the cause, this would be different. But the, for the other team to show that you can flip a person, you can make them disavow everything mm-hmm. that they, they once flip, thought they was important. Ravage. They, you know, and she's like the she, she's like the madam flip of, of everybody and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But they love that story. We don't have anybody flipping our direction. Mm-hmm. You ever have anybody in the union stand up and say, you know, <laughs> this shit we've been doing for years has been not working out, yeah, right? I, I flip. You know, who writes that book? Nobody. Mm-hmm. And we need that politician on stage. I used to come here and pander for y'all damn little stupid ass vote behind me or whatnot. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm for the black mind. So you can kiss my black ass if you don't like it. And don't vote for me if you don't like it. Anyway. That's what's up. Uh, Ray? <laughs> can we have your final thought, Ray? Yes, sir. Um, so shout out to Cammie Anderson. So when she was in Newark uh, at the same time as Corey... They used to hand her her ass. Any she couldn't do anything right, regardless of whatever you know, with her best efforts moving forth and whatnot. You know, nothing that she did was ever right. But with these results coming out now, it seemed as if with her partnership with Corey, her partnership with Facebook, that she was the catalyst for growth in Newark. So shout out to her uh, because all the growth that Newark is experiencing, she was definitely a part of that. So that's that's my closing thought. All right, cool. Um... Similar to what Sharif said, man, um, like I said, I, I think what Chris said was was dope and I hear him. Um, I just I just think you on your own regardless um, and not to do doom and gloom. I think that you need to be bunkered down and build your stuff up regardless of who lands in that seat. Um, I, you know, and I think that, like, we just need to have an honest conversation about that and what you need to do. Right. I mean, and if there's a visceral reaction that you're getting from these, like, primary debates and these talks and these false promises and people pandering and having hot sauce in their bag or this or whatever it is, doing dancing, and in, whatever, you know what I'm saying? All up like, in the Kool-Aid, so, don't know the flavor. So, so all, all this stuff, man, you know what I'm saying? Like people trying to return back to their blackness, people trying to step away from their blackness, people like you. Yeah, but he did that shit in the same week though. Charles he came extra. into his blackness I, and then stepped away from it I in the same week. cannot finish, Ray. <laughs> Charles, you, you should be like some Jesus. of those ineffective instructors. They say, I'll wait. I'm just, I'm just saying, man. Like we, we let this man He's talk. Like, and you listen. I just like, get paid whether you learn or not. I get paid. Listen, so. Yo, man, that sentence right there. You can start that. I ain't never understood that as much as I have right can now. Respond. Right? Everybody can respond. Because so how many true. people have had educators? Because tell it's them true. That? That's that's sick. Because sorry, it's true. So so at the end of the day. I think our people that actually have information and ways to help you navigate and get the most out of both the schooling and this education, I think that we need to put more pressure on our people to make things for our people to be able to use. We are a minority in this country, and even though they like the way that we dress and they like the way our booty shake and the way that we sing and we make movies and know all this other stuff, oh, they could give a damn about. They could give a damn. Keep going. They could give a damn about your mind. They could give mm-hmm. a damn about all that stuff because everybody want to be a nigga until some nigga stuff happened and people got to show up. And I want to just be really really honest about this right is that these people <laughs> use us <laughs> 
because people use you. They they want to they want to dance. They want to dance to your music. They want to dance to your music. They want to secretly date your women. They want to look like you. They want to talk like you. And every and while we sitting here broke and arguing, fighting over a whole bunch of stuff on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter or whatnot, these people are turning the things that they stole from us into industries. And we having the wrong conversation constantly. So yeah, I think and I hope and I wish and pray that all this stuff gets fixed. I hope that racism goes away. I hope that economic inequality is not a thing anymore. And I hope these people respect what we actually bring to this planet. But damn it, what evidence do you have that that's going to happen? And if right now, knowing all that you know, you don't do all that you need to do to make sure your kid get the best education possible, then at some point, right, we got to look at ourselves. And that's not some pull yourself up by your bootstrap stuff. I'm just saying, yo, I want to yeah, look out is. for us. No, it's not, because I don't believe in that, right? But I do believe You don't that, believe in pulling yourself up? You don't believe in self-help? I, I, I think that- Self-determination? I, I think that not, not, not in a way not in a way that Republicans sell it. I definitely don't. Whoa, bro, stop not coming from my party. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, it is a thing, though, right? Like self-help, self-determination. You know, this goes back lots it, of years, it, it, right? It's, it's not there's a, a, it's, there's a couple of it's not a thing. Icons. It's not a thing in isolation. I think it's, yeah. yeah, I think in isolation. It's not a thing in isolation. And it's and dangerous in isolation. And people that you love to say, like, hey, you you got to do X, right. Y, Z. As opposed to somebody who hates you saying that, mm-hmm. it's two different messages. It's, 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 it's different. And right. In isolation, I think is very dangerous. Right. But I think like in context, I think that there are I think we need more Chris Stewart's to be on local boards. Right. And I think that what happens is no. we get people no, like bruh. that. We get no, people no. like that. No, no. We get you people know. like that. And then we traumatize them. Right. And we, we need more them, Charles right? Coles to be on the board. You smoking. So with that being said, <laughs> you've been listening to the A Black Hands podcast. Uh, we have loved, loved talking talking to you and we will see you next time uh please visit our twitter at a black hands one and uh, leave your thoughts and your comments and uh we'll see you on the flip side peace peace you have been listening to the a black hands podcast with ankrum cole el mecky and stewart if you like what you heard follow us on twitter our handle is at a black hands one thank you for listening